What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Renzenets Podcast, episode 38. I'm going to make this show a little bit quick because this is a little, little pregame to the Celtics-Raptors matchup tonight. Game 5, crucial game of the series. A must-win for both teams. Uh, chances of winning the series is 82% chance... Uh, winning game five, you most likely will win the series, so 82% chance of that. So this is a crucial game for the Celtics. Um, like I said, we'll, quite, we'll quickly get into that, give you some key keys and notes to how the Celtics could win game five. Because I'm going to give it as I don't like to be biased, but I will. I am a Celtics fan, so I'm going to give you a local, a local spin on it because... This is a local show. I do cover New England sports or New England basketball. So the Celtics are going to be a prevalent topic on this show. But we'll also get into the rest of the league, rest of the NBA playoffs. Uh, we'll take a look at the other East matchup where the Bucks are, you know, pretty much on the brink of elimination. They had to have a desperation um, huge game from Chris Middleton in order for them to force a game five. Under the wake of the uh, uh, the re-injury of Gonis's ankle injury, so that's going to be something we'll talk about. We'll also talk about the, the the West semis with you know Lakers Rockets that they played last night. We'll also talk about the to the Clippers and Nuggets that they're playing as well. I believe they're playing t- today, or they're currently playing. I I don't know the schedule heart right now but I know for sure the Celtics are the first game so um, they're playing at 630 which right now it's 605 in the East Coast so literally under a half an hour before the first tip for the Celtics in Raptors matchup so we'll quickly get into those notes um, high school and college not much going on right now so I'm going to just have a strictly NBA show and it's going to be a shorter show than usual Probably get maybe half an hour. It's a little bit, a little bit under a half an hour, but we'll see what how it, how I uh, line things up and see how it will end. But most likely, it'll probably be over. It'll be around a half an hour for today, this week. I know it's been about two and a half weeks, probably almost three weeks since I, the last show. Just been very busy, like I mentioned in the last podcast, working three jobs trying to make ends meet, trying to save money, trying to, you know, prepare myself for, you know, what the potential future could be of the climate of what's going on right now with the virus and whatnot and, and what to expect, you know, it's, it's just, you have to prepare for the unexpected. That's just my mentality. And I just hope people will feel, you know, will start adapting that mentality because, the way things have been this whole year, you have to, you have to be prepared for the unexpected. All right, for, all right. For, to get right back to basketball, let's start with the Celtics. Um, here's my thoughts. I think you look at the last game, Game Four. I mean, for one, let me. I haven't been here in three weeks. Let me let me go back to the first two games. Celtics were brewing the first two games. They were aggressive. 
And I feel like they've been aggressive mostly the entire series of getting into the rim, penetrating. The Raptors have had a, a definitely a disadvantage when it comes down to that. They have not been able to defend Tatum on a regular basis. They have not been able to defend, you know, all of our other guards that, you know, Kimba and Smart. They've had success in this series of getting into the paint and scoring. And they got to continue to do that in game five. I think that's probably the, their biggest advantage, and they have to do it. The pick and roll. They were very good in the first two games. Robert Williams getting a lot more minutes than Cantor in that aspect. They got to continue to do that in game five. I just think, particularly when they have the matchup with Marcus Saul out there, they definitely have been able to expose that matchup. So, just because Marcus Saul does not defend the pick and roll well at all, doesn't move his feet well. So, Celtics have to continue to do that. Um, they got to. Continue to shoot the ball like they did in the first two games. The the last two games they, they started to struggle. Game three, you know, here and there they struggled, but you know they were pretty pretty decent from three. And then game four they were awful. They couldn't really miss hit. They couldn't even hit the side of the barn. I mean, they they were terrible in game four shooting the ball from three. While the opposite, Toronto had seventeen threes. So they gotta flip the tables. Move the ball better, you know. They have to, they like, they have to continue to penetrate and kick the ball out, hit, hit the open shooters. But it was crazy though, because even in the first two games, it was like guys like that you weren't expecting were making threes, particularly in the bench. Wanamaker, I thought Semi played good in the last game and making threes. So I mean, I mean, you're getting some good bench production that you. You wouldn't think you would get in this series, so that's what's made the Celtics in games. When even when Jalen Brown has a poor game, even when Tatum kind of has a so-and-so game in Game Three and Four, that they've been able to stay afloat. And I just think that's what makes the Celtics a better team. Raptors are good too. Don't get me wrong. I think Raptors showed us in these last two games that they're why they're the second team in the East because. They're a very deep team. I think they have a very good bench. And Kyle Lowry is just showing why he's Kyle Lowry and why he was probably the number two option last year and why you can't disrespect him in any way. I thought his first two games, he was terrible. I thought Van Fleet in the first two games were terrible. Now they play much better. Sakim actually had a pretty good game in game four. So they have to... Um, they have to definitely shut down Kyle Lowry. They got to start pressuring the ball, try to do full court. Kind of what Ronda was doing with uh, James Harden uh, last night. I think they need to do that with Kyle Lowry. And uh, not let his, you know, his, his theatrics, what I like to call it, him selling calls, not let him uh, fet the game. Because I felt like in game four, I thought he really... Uh, affected the game with his flaw, uh, with his charges, and and he was able to sell a lot of calls on the offensive side of the ball. I just think they can't allow that to happen. They got to make sure they're in control of their drives, know where he's at, pass the ball out, kick it out for the three point shots. They, I mean, they, so I mean, 
I'm just trying to focus because uh, I'm also watching the post, uh, excuse me, the pregame of the Celtics. But uh, but yeah, for like like I I just think they have to they got to be better at really just um you know trap you know mixing up the defense like you know I've seen Nick Nurse mix up the defense I think Brad kind of was wasn't doing much of that in the game four um they need to start mixing up the defense as well and start you know trapping Kyle Lowry on pick and rolls or um you know they've been putting Tatum on him which I think that's a pretty good thing that they've been doing maybe you should put Jalen Brown on him just put different guys on him because right now he's He's really comfortable out there. He was very comfortable in game four. So that's going to be the key, just trying to give the Raptors different looks. Cause turnovers, force turnovers, so that way they can get out in transition. If you get out in transition in this game, it's going to be a long night for the Toronto Raptors. We are the much more athletic team overall. We're just more athletic. And yeah, they have, listen, OG, Anam Nobi's having a great series. Sakib is starting to starting to put himself in you know, put himself back to where he where he where we know him as as an all star this year. He's starting to get himself back to where he is. But now you know, you got all that coming to play, you got a dog fights. But I just think I still think we're the better team if we're hundred percent aggressive. Kimmel Walker's aggressive, Jalen Brown's aggressive, Jason Tatum's aggressive, but all three of those guys are aggressive. And even Tice, I think Tice needs to kinda you know, take advantage of that Marcus Saul match just like Robert Williams does and, and kind of roll to the rim, get easy buckets, get offensive rebounds. I thought he was very good in the first two games getting offensive rebounds. He's got to do a much better job of that because er, that early lineup, I think he has a lot of advantages to get rebounds out there and create extra opportunities for the Celtics, and he needs to do that. And a lot of times those offensive rebounds can turn into kickout threes, so and those could be back-breaking plays for the other team. So if they could do that, they should they should successfully win game five. All right, so we're going to quickly go into the East, the other East semifinals, and then we'll take a break after that. But, like, there's not really much to say. I just think Miami has just dominated them because they've had the right strategy to stop Greek Freak and contain them. Their transition defense was outstanding all series long. They kept the Bucks out of transition, where I think a lot of uh, Greek Freak's points come off of transition. And they've done a great job of getting back in transition, not allowing him to get easy buckets in transition, not allowing him to get... Even those, you know, sometimes he'll go get grab the rebound and go full court or whatever, and he's a freight train. They they've done a great job of meeting him, you know, at at an earlier point and building a wall so he doesn't get in there. Celtics attempted to do a lot of that last year. I thought they were successful in that game one, but then it just broke. Then they just weren't consistent with it. And game two, game three, and game four, Greek Freak just got what he wanted, and they just, you know, the Bucks started dominating. The Heat, they just, they've stayed disciplined on it. They never broke their discipline on it, and it's Jimmy Butler's found a way to keep them, you know, and give them a chance to win a game in the fourth quarter. So, so I mean, it's, it's kind of tough to compare last year's. 
um, Celtics team to, to what the Miami Heat are doing this year. But as far as like a defensive standpoint, that's what I look at and kind of notice. And I really haven't seen that much of the series, but I'm no, I've seen through the highlights and I've seen through the last game. I did get catch the to watch most of the last game that the defense was really good on Greek Freak at just keeping him out of transition, not allowing him to get easy buckets. Even though Greek Freak did have a nice game before he got hurt, and he you know he just re, he re-injured his injury uh, his ankle that he injured a couple of days ago or a couple of games ago. Well, really, the previous game, he had ankle injury, and then he re-injured it the next game. And just so you know, it wasn't 100%, so he was kind of playing with a with an with a, a ankle that wasn't 100%, and still did what he did. is amazing. So, so, you know, Miami kind of was, you know, they pressed the snooze button, and they just allowed Middleton to kind of, you know, get comfortable in that game, and Middleton ended up scoring 36 and ended up winning the game for the Bucks in overtime. So, I, I mean, I don't see that happening in the next game. I just think I don't see Greek Freak play in the next game. I think he won't play. I think, you know, swelling will be too much, and I think he'll have to sit out the next game. Maybe if, they, maybe if the Bucks can find a way to win game five, they might see him game six, but... I just think Miami's going to do enough, you know, which they've been great at, you know, their defense, but their shooting's been great, too. I mean, they get a lot of good shooting from Duncan Robinson. They get a lot of good shooting from Ty- the Ricky Tyler Harrow. Um, Gordon Dragas has been brilliant. Obviously, with Butler, which I thought he had a poor game four. I thought he was pretty average in game four. Has been sensational since that, you know, since the last game. So, if you can get all those, you know, components back, you know, and, and they have a deep team. They have an extremely deep team. Kelly Olenek, you all know, former Celtic. He plays well for them. They got a lot of guys they can go to. They can. They have a lot of good defensive 3 and D guys. Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala. I thought Jay Crowder had a nice start of the game. He started the game in four threes just off the, off the rip. And I just thought, uh-oh, I think Miami was going to, you know, win that game just because of how they started the game. But I just think, yeah, they get those components back. They get everyone, you know, doing what they've been doing all series long to win those first three games. I think they could easily win game five going away. So we'll see. I, I just think um, Miami's in the driver's seat. They should win that series. They should close it out in five. Um, so we'll be right back. Listen to the Rims and S Pockets, your host Rob Morris. We'll be right back with the West playoffs bracket and you know what's going on with that. We'll be right back. Yeah. 